From Pictures of a Gone World by Lawrence Fairland Getty Oh, the world is a beautiful place to be born into, if you don't much mind a few dead minds in the higher places, or a bomb or two now and then in your upturned faces, or such other improprieties as our name-brand society is prey to, with its men of distinction, and its men of extinction, and its priests, and other patrolmen, and its various segregations, and congressional investigations, and other constipations that our full flesh is heir to. Creative Group presents Aftermath, Episode 30, Till the Morning Comes. Octavia turned. She heard footsteps nearby. Startled, she dropped to one knee, rifle raised. Squeak fumbled with the flashlight. Up ahead, a door in the wall opened. A floodlight blinded the odd fellows. Octavia struggled to keep her eyes open. Tried training her weapon on a target. Any target. We're armed, she called out. I can see that, came a voice from behind the light. And if you know what's good for you, you'll put down that rifle before I blow your damned heads off. The odd fellows couldn't see who spoke. Octavia saw no gun. We don't want no trouble, Squeak said, then turned to Octavia, fidgeting. Come on, let's get the hell out of here. Octavia ignored the boy. They hadn't come this far to give up. We're not rockheads, she said, squinting, turning away from the piercing brightness. Not Morlocks either don't care. The speaker was young, and his voice was tense, but he didn't seem afraid. Okay. Octavia softened her tone, but not much. She thought about her encounter with General Castro, Major McGillicuddy, and Dr. Bath. This conflict was similar. A standstill. What do you propose? We shoot each other? I didn't come here to kill anyone tonight. Tonight? It's nighttime? The young man was confused. Yeah, Squeak said, turning from the light. What difference does it make? Octavia asked. No difference, the voice shot back. Ain't no night and day in the tunnels, just rats and sewage, corpses and death. We're odd fellows, Squeak said, from the city. You know who we are? You know what we do? Never heard of you. Our pledge is to help people, Octavia explained, scavengers and survivors. We sweep the streets, put out fires, Squeak added. So you see, Octavia continued, we didn't come to take anything from you. You say, the young man shot back, tell that to my daddy. Scavengers come through here. Someone stabbed him in the gut. 
Now you say you want to help? I say no. Helping never got anyone anywhere. Every man for himself, what I say. You want to help? Go on. Get out of here, before I change my mind. Before I blast you both. Take what you got. How about that? Octavia hesitated, moved her fingers from the trigger. He had a point. If there was one thing consistent in the world, something you could count on, was man's indifference to the suffering of others. She had asked the convoy of survivors they met at the mouth of the tunnel if they encountered anyone. Maybe they were telling the truth, or maybe lying was easier. Come on, Octavia. But Squeak's fearful whisper gave her confidence instead of dread. She shook her head, breathed in and out. We're looking for a woman, a very sick woman. We brought medical supplies, antibiotics, IV meds. Octavia paused, measuring her options. Hoffa was a negotiator, not her. She was a soldier, a sentry. Now, if you want to kill us, take our weapons, take our supplies, fine. But you're a survivor. Maybe you got half a heart. Let us pass. We can pay for passage, or... Wait, what did you say? The young man interrupted. He turned his handheld floodlight to the ground. The bright light illuminated a cosmos of rust, mud, and metal. Rotten flesh and polluted water gurgled in the pool to their left. Which part? Squeak asked. You said you was looking for a woman. Yeah, Octavia said. Where's that black man, McGillicuddy? Where's the man what took our books and cans? They sent us, Octavia said. With the light now shining back at the man holding it, Octavia made out the features of a young man in his mid to late teens with long, matted hair. His sleeveless t-shirt was torn, stained. He looked rugged, older than he probably was. You with Cuddy? he asked cautiously. Octavia nodded. She saw the shotgun in the young man's arms, a knife in a belt on his waist, and another at his calf. Why didn't Cuddy and the other guy come themselves? We gave him cans to go to the swap meet at Grand Central. They sent us, Octavia said, pushing herself to her feet, letting the rifle dangle with her hand on its handle, her finger near the trigger. Put down your gun, the man said. I will if you lower yours, Octavia replied. The haggard man took a step forward. He looked down, then back up at the odd fellows. He seemed to ponder the situation, Octavia's veracity, his options. You look tired, Octavia said. He nodded. Yeah, I'm exhausted. I know the feeling. Octavia glanced at Squeak, touched his arm. We both do. Always up, always on. But you have to trust us. We're here to help. You know the woman we're looking for? Maybe. You got any food? Yep, Squeak nodded. MREs and freeze-dried jellies. Close as you can get to fresh, Octavia said, allowing half a grin. The young man walked forward. Good. I was getting sick of eating rat chili and stale broth. Come on. He cocked his head at the metal door to his left. Octavia and Squeak followed the young man down the dirty, industrial hall. Squeak scanned the floor, saw brown spatters of smeared blood. I didn't get your name, Octavia said. The man looked over his shoulder, his expression hard. Call me Kick. There's blood, Squeak said to Octavia. I told you, 
My daddy got in a fight. Somebody stabbed him. He and Sally are up here. Kick shined his floodlight on a door. A metal cage covered the cracked plate glass window. The door creaked when Kick opened it. The intense smell of death and decay flooded at them. Octavia was taken aback, but steeled herself. Instantly nauseous, Squeak braced himself in the corner behind the door. He retched violently, tried to speak, heaved. Kick paused, held the door open for them. What's wrong with him? Octavia's rifle dangled from its harness. She patted Squeak on the back. The smell, she said. He's not used to... She stopped herself, startled by how awkward her statement sounded. What? Kick shot back. Not used to what? Octavia shook her head, consciously aware she was holding her breath, trying not to inhale the stench of rot and disease emanating from the room. Kick flashed a tired glare at Squeak. When he's done, y'all come on. Not sure how much time Sally's got left. He walked inside the lit room. Octavia comforted Squeak, steadied him. The boy exhaled hard, wiped his mouth on his sleeve. Octavia, the smell. I know, she replied gently. Just push through. This is what we came for. The converted office space was surprisingly well lit. A generator hummed somewhere behind a wall, powering old fluorescent lights. Octavia spied a makeshift kitchenette on one side of the room. On the other, a cluttered sleeping area filled with cans, dried goods, and tattered books. In the center of the room, a middle-aged woman lay on pillows. Her stomach bulged. Her skin was sallow, her lips a powdery white. A few feet behind her, a man reclined on wooden crates. His shirt hung loosely, his chest exposed. Blood-spotted rags were wrapped around his midsection. He lurched forward when the strangers entered the room. Easy, Daddy, Kick motioned to the man. They're with that black fella and his friend. Uh, McGillicuddy. <coughs> Octavia nodded. She turned to Squeak, who avoided looking at the ailing woman. I told her we gave him cans for the swap meet at Grand Central, Kick told the man. Grand Central's closed, Octavia spoke plainly. I thought the station was neutral ground, the man said. It was, Squeak spoke up. Rockheads kicked out all the survivors, scavengers who weren't from the U.S. The Morlocks fought back, Octavia added, but they don't have the numbers or the firepower to hold it. Kick's father shook his head. He stumbled forward angrily, almost falling from the boxes. Telling me they still get up at Central Park? Shoot it out? Squeak nodded. Yeah, at midnight. The bloodied man growled. Bastards. <laughs> Mutants, monsters is what they are. Easy, Daddy. Kick stood next to the older man, but didn't touch him. What are we going to do about Sally? Tears welled in the wrinkles of the older man's darkened eyes. I mean, what now? I gave McGillicuddy a weapon. Gave him cans and, and books and... That's why we're here, Octavia said. She grasped the side of Squeak's backpack. She turned him so she could reach inside. We're Oddfellows from City Hall. We're here to help if we can. She produced latex gloves and a stethoscope. We have antibiotics, painkillers. The old man's yellowing eyes widened. He inhaled, coughed. His agitation, desperation was obvious, but Octavian Squeak saw Kick didn't share the other man's hope or excitement. 
please, the man said. Anything you can do. Octavia knelt next to Sally, leaning forward to assess her vitals, hear her breathing. While she worked, Squeak retreated a little. He stood near Kick, looking him up and down discreetly. Kick was stronger, more rugged than Squeak, but the odd fellow was convinced the teenager was younger than him. She's done. Kick spoke coldly, his arms crossed, his face blank. The old man don't want to admit it. He was hanging on for her. For me, I guess. She's just another dead kitty. Squeak's eyes narrowed. You, you can come back with us. We got food, water, medicine. Kick shrugged. He gazed down, nodding. Sick of boiling sewer water, picking through the sludge. Squeak looked around the room, imagined holing up, living in the spare space indefinitely, never venturing outside, defending the tunnels. Even in his short, secluded life, Squeak had friends, protectors. His position in the Oddfellows had its limitations and its frustrations, but he traveled beyond the confines of City Hall. He felt free. Squeak and Kick watched Octavia take Sally's vitals. She tapped the diseased sex monkey's stomach, her chest. She shined a light in the woman's eyes, looked in her ears with a tool. Hovering nearby, Kick's father fidgeted. Now wait a minute. He tottered anxiously when Octavia lifted the mass of sweat-soaked blankets. What do you need to look at her privates for? Octavia ignored him, peering under the covers at the woman's legs, between them. Squeak turned away, gazing around the room. Between hums and groans of the distant generator, he heard water floating overhead, flowing nearby, everywhere. His stomach gurgled again. He suppressed the urge to vomit. Octavia leaned back on her knees. She locked eyes with the man nearby. A tumor, she said, shaking her head. The man held up a hand. He pointed towards a shelf of books and cans against the wall. Octavia followed him there. Kick and Squeak approached, but gave them space. Tell me, the man said. It's a tumor. In her stomach. Maybe her uterus. It's spread to her lungs and her head. She can't see. She probably can't hear much. Her lungs are filled with fluid. Maybe blood. Circulation is poor, but... Her heart's still beating, the man shouted angrily. Dirty tears filled his eyes. Octavia looked at Kick, then back at the man. Yes, but not for long. There's nothing we can do. There's nothing anyone could do. The man shook his head in disbelief. Octavia had seen the look before. The inability to accept the truth. Was she any different? Clinging to some idea to shatter the monotony of everyday survival. Some grand ideal that gave people hope. We have medicine to ease the pain. Octavia placed a hand on the man's shoulder. Yeah, morphine. Heroin, Squeak added. Octavia shot the boy a cool look. You want to kill her? The man grit his teeth at Squeak. Daddy, Kit cocked his head to the side. Easy, your wound. Squeak waved a hand. Look, mister, you can't stay here. You're breathing stale air, petroleum exhaust, eating diseased and expired food. You can come with us. You can join the odd fellows. They'll... We can train you, and... Octavia interrupted. We can make her comfortable. What's comfortable? The older man shook. 
His head turned to the ailing woman laying on the floor. Octavia didn't respond. She nodded at Squeak, gestured for the boy to follow her. They walked to the caged door. Kick and his father stood over Sally. They spoke inaudibly. Then, the man started sobbing. Squeak turned his back to them. What are we going to do, Octavia? She shook her head. It's awful. There's no chance McGillicuddy could. Her voice trailed off. Even if we could get her out of this place, Squeak said, there's no chance we'd make it to City Hall lugging a body through these streets. We've got to at least get the other two out of here. Right, Octavia said. Turn this into something good. Something meaningful. A little later, Squeak and Kick stood nearby, watching Octavia squeeze ampules of battlefield-grade morphine into a tube in Sally's arm. Kick's father knelt by the dying woman, wetting her head, neck, and lips with a dirty rag. The man wiped away his own tears, bit his lip, held his bloody abdomen. Watching the scene, Squeak choked up. He could hardly imagine what the young man and his father had gone through to keep the former prostitute alive, to keep her comfortable. What they had done to feed her and give her fluids. I've never seen anything like this, he thought aloud. Kick turned slowly, but didn't quite look at the boy. We came from Jersey. Had nothing. She made us a family. For a little while, at least. Squeak hesitated, then put his hand on Kick's shoulder. It's gonna be alright. Octavia listened to Sally's heartbeat with the stethoscope. She glanced up at Kick's father and nodded. The old man cried. Kick walked up to him. Come on, Daddy. He helped him stand. It's time to go. The old man stood, wiped tears and mucus on his shirt. He gazed around the industrial room, corner to corner, ceiling to floor. He inhaled, exhaled, coughed. Let's get the hell out of here. Squeak and Octavia helped the survivors gather what they could. Cans could be used as currency. They filled their pockets with folding knives, the remnants of a first aid kit, a lighter, flint, copper wire, and other personal trinkets. The man brandished a magnum pistol. Kick slung his rifle across his chest. Octavia, Squeak, and the boy gathered at the door. Kick's father lingered near Sally. He uttered a prayer, something old, poetic. He draped the blankets over her. I'm ready. He followed the others out of the room. They traveled down the maintenance corridor into the broken tunnels under the river. Kick led the quartet. Squeak and Kick's father walked in the middle. Octavia pulled up the rear, watching Kick's floodlight illuminate the tunnel ahead. Squeak and the old man aimed flashlights at curved brick and mortar walls to their left and right. Octavia thought about the encounter with Castro, McGillicuddy, and Bath. Their descriptions of Kick and his father were accurate. Their efforts to help and support survivors believable. She and Squeak had now contributed to those efforts. She felt she could trust them. Maybe join them. But what would she tell the other Oddfellows? Kick's footsteps slowed. What is it, boy? His father asked. Octavia brought her rifle to her shoulder. Kick's floodlight wandered in the darkness, scanning the murky brown sludge on their right. Octavia followed the floodlight, tracking it with her rifle, 
She discerned kicks in his father's calm exhalation, Squeak's hurried respiration. Something in the water. Kick's father raised his handgun, aiming at the illuminated pool. Run. The words were barely out of Octavia's mouth before something massive leapt from the slime. Kick's glowing lamp took flight, away from the narrow walkway. Water splashed violently. In an instant, Squeak's wiry body was hurled against concrete and metal. Debris fell around him. Octavia fell prone, watching Kick's father soar through the air. His flashlight sailed over the water, focused on something massive, amphibian. Strangled shouting was stifled by coughs of agony. No! Kick cried out. Dazed, Squeak struggled to one knee. Octavia! He called. The woman fired into the blackness. Muzzle flashes lit the area near Squeak. He scrambled for his rifle. The mutated creature squeezing Kick's father uttered a ringing squall of pain. Kick shined his light where his father hovered. Fangs glinted. Claws struck soft flesh. The old man dropped his dim light into the water. Kick dropped the floodlight beside him. Without aiming, he fired at the monstrous amphibian. He chambered another bullet. Fired. Shoot! Shoot, damn it! Kill it! He shouted at Squeak and Octavia. Octavia targeted the beast's midsection. Bullets repeatedly hit the monster's dense chest. It roared. What the hell is it? Squeak said, crawling to Octavia. I don't know. It's not a Morlock. It's some kind of gator. The creature twisted, turned, recoiling with each strike to its scaly armor. Its massive hands pushed Kick's father into its mouth. The old man cried out in agony. Kick screamed, continued shooting wildly. I'm low on ammo, Octavia shouted. Squeak, where's your rifle? The boy scrambled. He knelt near Octavia. When she paused to reload, he said, I, I, I lost it when that thing hit me. Octavia didn't have time to admonish him as something moved in her peripheral vision. Down! She threw herself on Squeak. The alligator's tail swept over their heads, crashing into the wall. Bricks and dirt crumbled like tar paper. We gotta get out of here. Octavia crawled, hustling the boy along the slender walkway. Kick! She called out. Run! I can't leave him! His body was a silhouette several feet from the Oddfellows. There's nothing we can do, Octavia shouted back. Kit gazed at the growling beast. He fired one more round for good measure, then sprinted down the wet path. Octavia and Squeak followed the sound of Kick's footfalls. Kick's heart pounded violently. He stormed through the dim tunnel, relying on muscle memory, instinct. This way, he called back. They rounded a corner, then another, finally coming to the wide mouth of the tunnel. Kick slowed when he saw the pale blue-gray of daylight. His legs ached. How long had it been since he traveled outside? How long since he saw sunlight? Behind Kick, the odd fellows struggled to catch up. Weighed down by his backpack and armor, Squeak tried desperately to catch his breath. He fell to his knee, surprised that Octavia didn't help him up when she walked past him. You all right? She asked Kick. Before he could answer, she squeezed his shoulder. I'm sorry, but we have to keep moving. There will be time to mourn. Later. She waved at the long corridor behind them, as if to make it disappear. Yeah, let's go. Kick nodded, choking up. Yes, he thought. It was the end of a long, dismal chapter in his life. The transformation from innocence, dependence, and youth to something else. 
he was unsure. Squeak got to his feet, still a bit out of breath. Come on, let's get out of here. Squeak led the way out of the Brooklyn Battery Tunnel. Out in the light, an acrid mist colored everything. The smell of fire and ash overwhelmed the undercurrent of morning dew. Careful, Octavia warned Kick. There's broken metal, rubble up here. Can you climb? Kick nodded, a sullen look fixed to his rugged features. Squeak turned, facing Octavia and Kick. We did it! We made it! His voice carried throughout the clearing below the elevated walkway. Octavia marched towards the boy, shaking her head in dismay. Before she could say anything to warn or admonish Squeak, intuition halted her. In a split second, Squeak froze. He wobbled side to side, then collapsed, his head in the dirt, his backside in the air. Squeak! Octavia pushed Kick away from her and dashed for cover. Kick followed. Their backs to the fallen beams and hardware, Octavia's finger found the trigger of her weapon. She sighted down the length of her rifle, scanning the buildings to their left, those dark portals where enemies hid. Bullets pelted iron and grass, the dirt near Squeak's body. Octavia felt a rush of despair. They had come so far for her to be so careless. It was her fault the boy lay there dying, or dead. Even if she and Kick made it back to City Hall, there was no way she could explain this. No way the Oddfellows would trust her ever again. Gazing at Squeak's still body in the dust, Octavia remembered her conversation with the boy in the tunnels. They discussed Enoch, the announcer on Big Kiss Radio, out of Boston. There is a brighter world within our grasp, Enoch knowingly assured his listeners. Octavia wanted to believe. She desperately wanted it to be true. She took a deep breath in, then out, pulled her trigger. A barrage of bullets found the sniper overhead. At least for the moment, the gunfire targeting them ceased. Octavia turned to kick. Do exactly as I say. Move. Aftermath, a Fire Pit Creative Group production, based on a story created by Rhett Davis, with characters created by Rhett Davis, Warren Davis, Willem DeGrief, and Cole Hoopengarner. Written by Warren Davis, with contributions from Cole Hoopengarner. Narrated and produced by Cole Hoopengarner. Music by Warren Davis, and video production by Willem DeGrief. The sound effects used in the production of Aftermath are used with permission by the creators, and links to these sound effects can be found in the description section of each episode. Please visit our website, aftermathpodcast.net, for updates, original artwork and music, character dossiers, and more. You can also find us on social media, on Instagram at Fire Pit Creative Group Official, on Twitter at Group Fire Pit, on Facebook at facebook.com slash firepitcreativegroup, and on YouTube at Fire Pit Creative Group. Aftermath and its story, characters, music, and artwork are copyrighted by Fire Pit Creative Group.